the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, as news happens, we bring it to you. And in just a moment, we'll be going to D.C. The president is going to be speaking. He is at a bill signing where he was supposed to be signing, I think, farm bill legislation and uh, the continuing resolution for funding the government. And then just announced early uh, today, a couple hours ago, I think. Uh, that uh, he won't sign it. Uh, GOP senators emerged from a closed-door meeting in visible disbelief that President Trump is refusing to sign a seven-week stopgap measure to fund the government that cleared the chamber by a voice vote less than 24 hours ago. Senate GOP leadership appeared confident Wednesday that Trump would sign the stopgap, which will fund approximately 25% of the government as long as they kept poison pill policy writers out of it. But Trump, under fire from conservative pundits and lawmakers, reversed course today. Amazing what I can do, isn't it, being a pundit, that I can stop the president from signing you alone, Dave Ellsworth. Unbelievable. Stop that pen to paper. I mean, come on now. <laughs> That's such a ridiculous thing to say. You're ruining my life, said GOP Senator Susan Collins, as she was joking to the Hill when told about the decision, no, I don't think the votes are there. Uh, we can't have a government shutdown, period. It's never good. How many times do we have to learn that? House conservatives and Trump appear to be digging in for their demand for $5 billion for the border. Now, figure Democrats have uh, rejected. Senate Minority Leader Schumer warned earlier today that Democrats wouldn't budge on the border over a temper tantrum. I love when he says that kind of stuff. And Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Chairman Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin asked if it looked like Congress was headed toward a partial lapse in funding toward reporters. Quote, it kind of seems we're on that path. So uh, anyway, we're sitting here watching like everybody else is. our monitor here in the studio a lot of you may be watching at home others of you are just listening to my voice as soon as the president comes out uh we'll carry what he has to say about this jr davis is here because he's my first guest today he of course will probably uh, what do you what do you think do you think this is a a smart move by the president to try to get what he wants well you know i i think that uh, he has done a lot of things in the last two years that are where no one's used to, and so we'll see if by you know taking full ownership of of a shutdown uh, plays well for him or not. Now, I think in the past, obviously, it's um, it hasn't been good as far as uh, uh, once those programs and things are you know shut down momentarily, how the response from the people of America. Uh, goes, but again, like I said, this is a different kind of president. Uh, I think there's a base out there, obviously, that wants him to do exactly this, and 
we will see. I honestly, I could not tell you whether or not this plays well for him or not. I've been shocked in the past. So. Well, we got, you know, I don't know when he's going to start talking. When he does, we'll go to it. But uh, Lindsey Graham uh, was talking about this last night. And I can, we've got, we've got a cut. I had this for later today, but we'll use it right now. He was talking about uh, Trump and what he should do to avoid the shutdown. And he said, uh, one sit. final thing, because it's happening right now. There seems yeah. to be a lot of concern over the stopgap funding bill passed the yeah. Senate. There seems <clears> to be some <throat> real heartburn over it in the House. Trump even yeah. tweeted something that even yeah. seems that he could be wavering on if he if he'd yeah. go along with it. What's your message to the president on this one and your House colleagues, quite frankly? Well, I've been consistent. I think the idea of not giving the president more money for the wall and securing the border after the caravan is unreasonable by the Democrats. Almost every Senate Democrat voted for $25 billion in wall and border security funding in February. To say that we don't need $5 billion versus $1.3 is ridiculous, particularly after the caravan. So I encourage the president to dig in and force the Democrats and Republicans to help him better secure the border. If I were him, I would stand firm. I can understand... Not sign it. I can understand picking a fight on border security to get more money at a time we need it. That's a fight worth having. I do not understand withdrawing the 2,200 troops from Syria that protect our nation from the rise of ISIS yet again and will stand by our allies. That's akin to tearing a wall down. I understand wanting to build a wall along the Mexican border. I don't understand wanting to tear the wall we have in place, which is our four deployed forces to protect us against radical Islam. So I would stay firm to get more money and I would reevaluate my decision to withdraw from Syria. There you go. It's well stated. I got to tell you what, Lindsey Graham amazes me now that John McCain died. Ever since yeah. John McCain died, Lindsey Graham suddenly, I don't know, he's putting his pants on. He says, what are those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do have those. Okay. And he's been really standing up for a lot of stuff. Yeah, he really has. It was well stated there. I think he has a good point. I mean, I, if if Republicans play this right, I think this works to the benefit of the president and Republicans to say, look, we're squabbling over three and a half billion dollars mm-hmm. in, in a budget that they were more than happy to pass uh, not long ago. That was twenty five billion. billion. So. I mean, I think that's got to be the message. Is like, this is ridiculous, this is politics, and while we've made this decision, the Democrats are the ones that have to explain why, when, as Lindsey Graham said, they previously voted for uh, a, a substantive amount of money, um, or a substantial amount of money, uh, to begin with, with uh, border security, and now they're squabbling over... You know, like I said, three and a half billion. So I think that's the message they have to take. They have to make border security the reason. Uh, I think Americans understand that uh, it's been a long time coming, and if they push that and and drive the message, I think this could work out well in Republicans' favor. Yeah, I think it can. I think it can. I mean, this is a this is a national defense issue now, and it has been since the uh, this whole caravan stuff started. And like you, like we just heard Lindsey Graham said, just in February you were ready to go along with twenty five billion. Yeah. Now you're saying you won't do you know five. Right, right. You know, There's and that's you're the other playing thing. politics. Yeah, exactly. You gotta you gotta show uh, you gotta you know ha- put the line on the Democrats and show that this is all politics. Go back to the February vote. The fact that the that the president has compromised on the amount of money. 
to begin with. So again, I think that if you let it turn into a lot of other things, um, it's it's a recipe that could be disastrous for Republicans. But if you drive this message and you explain to the people of America that this is why we're hung up here over three and a half billion dollars mm-hmm. in the overall scope of the budget, um, that's how you can win. And I think obviously President Trump has done a good job of of sort of framing it at that way and saying that we'll shut down the government if it means border security. Yeah, we got it here, and he's going to own it. That's the yep, key. That's the he key. He said we'll he was going to. Yep. He says I'm going to own this one if I close it. If I stop it. I'll own it. I have no. He told Pelosi, and he told yeah. Schumer that in the Oval Office. So it's and it sounds like this is what he's wanted to do all along. I'm sure he had some aides in his ear saying that, "Hey, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. Look at history. You know, it always kills the party who owns the shutdown." And yes, it, it has. But I mean, we're talking about. Uh, a different early time. 90s it's different and yeah. it has in the past and and we've seen it as recently as you know early 2010s but we'll see what happens with this it's a they've actually got a message on this one all right gotta get a break in let's do that we'll be back in just a moment all right back here at the studio we've got our eyes glued to the tv waiting for the president to come on and talk about that he is evidently going to veto this piece of senate legislation that would keep the uh, government open and it gives um, it gives uh, the house and the senate about 24 hours yep <laughs> so to, this merry is, christmas th- this is this is classic trump moves yeah it really it really really is i gotta read what corker said today he was he's on his way back uh to tennessee and uh, they they stopped him. They found him at the airport. In fact, he said uh, they asked him. They said, uh, he, "What did he think about it?" He started laughing. He says, "Well, why not?" Equipped asked why he was laughing, adding that he was not really surprised by the president's decision. Quote on this: "I don't know. Y'all have fun. I'm getting ready to fly to Chattanooga because he's retiring. Leadership has no guidance right now." I think they're just sort of swirling around over there at the White House, unquote. you got to love those outgoing senators. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of this now, thank goodness. You know, well, I'm done. And we talked about this during the break, but it is mind-boggling to me that when, you know, it's almost like any victory for Democrats they stumble into and they don't know what to do after the fact. This would be a a win for Democrats to say, look, we said we were going to work with the president in order to make sure we get sound policy uh, on immigration, border security, this is what we want to do. We understand that it's also important. I mean, it's a notch in their belt when when people say that Democrats don't care about border security. This was this to me was just a a an easy uh, uh, compromise for Democrats. We're going to be squabbling. Yeah, Ivanka and Bozeman was up there. Yeah. Earlier. Um, but this is something they're going to squabble over for three and a half billion dollars with the idea that somehow this is going to help them uh, in the next election. And I, I think this is just another talking point to say, look, you know, uh, this Democrats had an opportunity to say this is something that means something to us. Uh, and border security is high on our priority as well. And they just decided not to. I just I just again, it just boggles my mind uh the strategy that goes into some of this trump has just tweeted arm bill signing in 15 minutes so that's letting us all know that 
You'll be out on stage here in about 15 minutes. And I believe that was a, an old video of him at the Emmys. <laughs> so, uh, interesting. Everybody's there. There's a lot of senators there. Senator Bozeman is there. Yeah, we've seen him a couple saw of times. Saw him a couple of times. And uh, Ivanka Trump, we just saw her a moment ago. And, yeah, that's... Uh, that's Trump doing uh, Green Acres right there yeah, with uh, Emmys. Yeah, with Megan Mullally, I believe. <laughs> Very strange. It's always it's uh, you kind of forget sometimes what he did before uh, he He's was president. A lot of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so this is this is going to be very very interesting, and obviously the question is, what does this do for Republicans? What does this do for President Trump? I think if they drive the message, and as you stated earlier, Dave, you gotta you gotta drive the uh, floor speeches from back in February yep. when these Democrats were saying twenty five billion we can do, twenty five billion we can do, mm-hmm. and now they're squabbling over three and a half billion dollars. And yep. I think again that was an opportunity for Democrats. And once again, the strategy just seems completely absent. I thought that he wouldn't do this. I, I, I'll be honest with you. And I, did I, I was, to be honest, I was with uh, Coulter in saying that I, if he did this, if he allowed them to continue by signing this uh, funding mechanism, if he uh, did some of this other stuff that he's been doing that – I would see uh, President Trump being a one-term president, but now he's doing what he's doing. He wins this. He's a two pre- two-term president again, in my opinion. Well, I, I I tend to agree with you. I just don't know again the strategy uh, from the Democrats from just the presidential part of it. Who are they going? Maybe to they're going to be the ones finally that's that are going to snatch victory from the jaws of uh, or defeat from the jaws of victory. Maybe that that's what they're Maybe. going to do. I'm I'm looking over I'm looking over at uh at Russ and, and we're we're working through sign language what we're doing here. <laughs> this everybody needs to you can't see a lot of the workings going on. We're we're fluid right now is what that's we right. like to say. That's we're right. fluid right now. We're waiting on the president. So let me ask a a question uh of you as as we uh move towards the bottom of the hour. We're gonna get to uh, get to news of course then. Let's talk about the president signing the first step or signing the first step legislation uh, for justice reform. Passed the Senate, passed the House, not not with the blessing of Senator Cotton at all. Uh, how do you see that affecting perhaps the the state legislature as they meet in in uh, in January, starting on the uh, around the fourteenth, fifteenth would be the first really big day of work. Yeah. And how's the governor feeling about this legislation? Are there things in it that he would like to see happen that would happen on the the state level? Well, I will say that, you know, the governor, this is something when he was in Congress, uh, even DEA, I mean, he's talked about sentencing reform and, and uh, you know, and the difference between, you know, crack and powder, cocaine and, and that sentencing structure. And so there are some things in there that he knows and believes that should be reformed, um, but he hasn't had an opportunity to really dive into the details uh, of the bill at mm-hmm. this point um i think what you'll see is from uh from a, a number of different states you'll see their legislate legislatures when they meet um discuss aspects of this and we've talked about this time and time again dave that the 2019 session is going to be full of of big uh, legislation from tax cuts to transformation teacher pay highways 
Um, you're going to see a whole lot of things filed, and so we're going to have to keep an eye on all of it. But I, I certainly believe that uh, the First Step Act uh, will uh, have um, uh, will have some consequences. I, I don't say that in a negative way. I just mean there will be consequences to all the states. They'll have to look at it and see um, what they need to do, if there's anything they should do as far as legislation goes. And I know the governor is going to start really diving into that and, and, uh, and looking exactly – uh, what that can mean for the state of Arkansas. But there are some things in there the governor supports, and he wants to continue to look into it and see what all uh, what all it would mean to the state of Arkansas. All right. Don't forget about my friends over at Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice of recycled auto parts. Uh, good things happen with Sonny's. I've been using Sonny's extensively here uh, this last year. A couple transmissions, a motor, and it saved me multiple thousands of dollars. For instance, to get my transmission changed in my Acadia, it's, uh, you know, eight years old, got almost 300,000 miles on it, uh, 5000 bucks uh, to have it put, have a, a rebuilt put in. A person came to me who I respect and said, that's what it costs, Dave. Uh, the new transmission is going to cost you quite a bit. So I, I went and talked to RD over at Sunny's Auto Salvage. I got a three-year parts and labor warranty, and an unlimited uh, mileage warranty on a well-maintained uh, total loss vehicles uh, transmission. It only cost me $2,300 uh, to have it put in. And then when I save $2,700, I'm all about it. So I put it in, and uh, it's working and running just just as fit as a fiddle. And all of this could happen for you as well. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage, the number one choice for recycled auto parts. They're number 9827451. Nine eight two seventy four fifty one, and my friends over at Hortons want you to know that they hope you have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year with your friends and family. That uh, you found the blessings of the season as well. They are finishing up the Twelfth Street location. All of their locations are going to be running and and uh, gunning uh, during twenty nineteen in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. Uh, they're working to keep their patients happy. That's always their priority. And they have six locations with the new updated facility in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. Uh, hey, is this just kind of a a dead period over at uh, you know the governor's office <laughs> now, or or uh, is he bringing people in left and right and working? Uh, feverishly towards uh, january oh absolutely it hadn't stopped for us i mean it's the 20th of december uh he'll be in again tomorrow uh and then obviously christmas eve and christmas on monday and tuesday and then he'll be back uh at the capitol next week so uh we're we have meeting after meeting we're still going over transformation details we've we had a, a sit down today about taxes with dfna uh, tax cuts, uh, I should say, um, and what that's going to look like in 2019. Of course, you know, in January, uh, in January, the governor's $50 million low-income tax cut goes into effect along with the grocery tax cut, and we're looking at, obviously, uh, around $50 million in new tax cuts for FY 2020 with that phase-in structure uh, of the 2-4-5.9 plan, which is just basically consolidating the brackets into one. Um, we'll triple the standard deductions for those uh, making uh, below, uh, or actually, I think it's we're tripling the standard deduction, so it will offset the, the slight increase to those from 34 to 4%, but that should offset it, and everyone 
uh, in Arkansas should receive a tax break under this new plan, but it'll be a phase infrastructure. So and we're talking about nearly $160 million uh, in tax cuts for the next calendar year. Um, uh, well, at least FY20. So uh, we are working feverishly away at all that. Legislature's working on highway issues. We're working on highway issues. We hope to reach a consensus in the in the 2019 session. Um, so, and new things are popping up every day. As you know, uh, there's usually more than 2,000 bills filed. Um, it's uh, it's it's something we uh, prepare for every year. But there's always one or two items that pop up you didn't see coming. So. Um, but that's that's why we're there. So, all right, we're waiting on the president. He's supposed to speak about not signing or vetoing the Senate bill for uh, financing the uh, government. We'll hear from that when it happens. Don't forget about Arrow Plumbing. Arrow Plumbing, one hundred percent satisfaction they got, and the guarantee that they have. They offer you your money back if you're not happy with the service they provide. Their people are trained. Their people come dressed professionally. Their people come when you need them. That's aeroplumbing.net. Find them at aeroplumbing.net for their contact information or just uh, go out and Google Aero Plumbing. News, and then we'll be back. So during the break, we got a call. And uh, now I should know this just because I was alive during the time, but I guess I wasn't paying too much close enough attention. How many shutdowns happened during the Reagan administration? Now, I'm going to kind of look that up. Let's see. Shutdowns. Reagan. Admin. Okay. I'm just I think the it point out. of the, the, the longest one, that was Three nine. funding gaps leading to shutdowns lasting one day or less. Nothing big. Government yeah. shutdowns have the effect of disruption in government services and increased costs the government due to lost labor and uh, i get i get what the 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 caller is saying how did it affect reagan well we both know it didn't all right, right. he served two terms uh this is interesting that's why i said i would have told you earlier this week as the president was backing off of his saying that he would own it and shut it down that that might have cost him another term in the white house and uh, i think that he's come to that realization as well and by shutting it down right today 24 hours you know giving them 24 hours i think he can understand that they can market market this that the democrats are willing to do 25 billion back in february now they won't even do uh three point something billion dollars they're arguing over you know, uh, change, so to speak. I know it's billions of dollars, but it's change in the overall thing. I mean, it's trillions of dollars we're talking about. And uh, the bottom line is uh, I think the president knows that he has a really good chance of winning this one. I think so, too. And if you go back uh, even to the Clinton years, uh, there were two, but they lasted over the course of 27 days. But the well, there was one. It was 27 days, but the last part of it, government employees were furloughed from December 16th until January 6th. So we this is unprecedented. We've seen it before, mm-hmm. um, and we'll again. It'll just we'll have to see exactly uh, how the American people respond to it. Well, I can. Only, I only think that conservatives and uh, Trump supporters will. This will re-energize them, and he needed to be 
re-energized. Okay, is he up there talking? Is this him now? The president speaking. So. We're looking to see if he's going. Here we go. Loves our farmers like I do. There we go. Yes, it's the farm bill. The president has entered in. Let's turn our attention to And Zippy Duvall. Where's Zippy? Zippy. Zippy. Hi, Zippy. What a good name. <laughs> good job, too. John Heisdorfer. John Bodie. Thank you, John. Jimmy Music. I love that name. Should be a singer with that name. Probably is. Kevin Kester. Chuck Connor. Chuck. Any relation to Chuck Connor, the great actor, huh? No? He was pretty good. Randy Mooney. And Jim Heimerl. Thank you all for being here. That's a great group of people. That's a great group. And some of our... Some of our great political geniuses we have with us today. And you think this was an easy one? You know, they think it was easy. It was not an easy one. But we have to take care of our farmers and our ranchers, and we will take care of them. And not only is it a a bill, it's a great bill for them. So we're honored by it. And instrumental people, leader Mitch McConnell, who may have the easiest job in the United States, especially around the border. (laughs) Thanks, Vic. Good man. John Bozeman. John. John, thank you. Good. We got it there, John. John Hoven. Thank you, John. Great. Spent a lot of time together. Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith. She had a very easy race. Right? And she ended up winning by a lot. She ended up winning by a lot, Cindy. Great job. Debbie Stabenow, and she's tough, I can tell you. We competed with her. She's tough and she's smart and does a great job. Thank you very much, Debbie. Really good job. Ralph Abraham. Ralph, thank you. Rick Allen. Jody Arrington. Andy Barr. Where's Andy Barr? Where's Andy? Oh, did I do a good job for you? Did I do a good job? You're one of the only congressional congressmen that I could have, I'll tell you. Well, the White House told us the first thing he'll do is go straight into the matters at hand, and then he'll go to the farm bill. That clearly wasn't true. So the moment the president gets to the matters at hand, we will go back to the president immediately. Okay, so we'll take, we're going to take a break until the president starts speaking now about shutdown. And how about that for uh, Senator Bozeman? Did I loved you hear, it. Did you hear that, uh, uh, Russ? I didn't know. I knew you were on the phone. You were working the phones over there. But uh, congratulations to John Bozeman because I know for a fact that several times I talked to him, he was telling me that they were working hard on the Farm Bill legislation, and he was in the thick of it. I think that's part of his uh, committee that he uh, chairs, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So good for him. And it's, it's always nice when the – the commander-in-chief brings you up and uh, calls you out by name. Better when he's smiling at you than if he's frowning at you. Yeah, Put yeah. it that way. We, go, we want to go ahead and get our final break in. Let's do that. Then I'll come back with J.R. Davis, who's with us. And there are some things we need to speak about statewide. And uh, we'll see if the president's speaking nationalwide when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Also called, so that I give them a little bit of an out, steel slats. We don't use the word wall necessarily, but it has to be something special. 
to do the job. Steel slats. I've made my position very clear. Any measure that funds the government must include border security. Has to. Not for political purposes, but for, for our country, for the safety of our community. This is not merely my campaign promise. This is the promise every lawmaker made. It is the solemn promise to protect and defend the United States of America. And it is our sacred obligation. We have no choice. For decades, Washington abandoned this commitment and allowed millions and millions of people to enter our country illegally and over the objections of the American people. No one voiced or voted for a policy. No one endorsed this policy, and no one ratified this policy. It was a total assault on our democracy itself. Illegal immigration costs our nation $275 billion a year. You hear many different numbers. You can say billions and billions, but the number that I hear most accurate is $275 billion a year, at least. Millions of jobs and thousands of innocent lives. More than 90% of heroin comes across our southern border. Heroin deaths have tripled since 2002. Every week, this illegal heroin kills at least 300 Americans and costs our nation over $230 billion to $289 billion, or nearly $5 billion a week. I spoke with President Xi of China, and he has agreed to make fentanyl another one of the big, big problems. And probably, uh, I think it's just gone to number one, kills 80,000 people a year in our country. Uh, he's going to make that a major crime in China. And if you get caught, you pay a major penalty. It's called the death penalty. And it wasn't listed as a crime until I spoke to him. So I appreciate President Xi for doing that. That's a tremendous, that's going to have a tremendous impact. Every day... Ten known or suspected terrorists try to gain entry into our country. Every day, 2,000 illegal aliens try to cross our borders. They try. We get most of them. It's hard without a wall. Every year, 50,000 illegal children are smuggled by coyotes and criminals into our country. In the last two years alone, ICE officers arrested criminal aliens charged with or convicted of 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 murders. It's rough stuff. Yet the Democrats continue to oppose border security no matter how many innocent people get hurt or die. Ridiculously and dangerously, certain people want open borders, which allow potentially massive crime. Our nation has spent trillions of dollars and sacrificed thousands of brave young lives defending the borders of foreign nations. I am asking Congress to defend the border of our nation for a tiny fraction, tiny fraction of the cost. Essential to border security is a powerful physical barrier. Walls work, whether we like it or not. They work better than anything. In Israel, 99.9% successful. Think of it. I spoke to Benjamin Netanyahu, Prime Minister, two days ago. We were talking about it. 
He said it's 99.9. I mean, he came up. I didn't ask. I said 99.9% successful. We have proposed a steel slat barrier to halt the deadly flow of these illegal traffickers, smugglers, and terrorists. Every day that we deprive our border patrol and ICE officers the resources they need, we put many innocent lives in harm's way. It should be bipartisan. I think it will end up being bipartisan. I really do. Illegal immigration also strains public services that Americans depend on, and illegal immigration drives down wages for the neediest Americans. No one who calls themselves a progressive should support illegal immigration. Open borders hurts poor Americans more than anyone else in our society. In life, there are certain principles worth fighting for, principles that are more important than politics, party, or personal convenience. The safety and security and sovereignty of the United States is the most important principle of all. If we don't stand strong for our national borders, then we cease to be a nation, and we betray our commitment to the loyal citizens of our great country. I look forward to signing a bill that fulfills our fundamental duty to the American people. It is all about, and I say this in any way they want to hear it, it's all about America first. We have to put our country first. We have to put our people first. And we have to put safety first. So thank you all very much. And we'll be working on that, Mitch and Paul and Kevin and everybody, and we'll see what we can do. But um, hopefully that'll all come together. Now to the farm bill. We are proudly joined today well, by there so you go. many members. Uh, it sounds like the president. All right, so the president made it, uh, made it pretty doggone clear how he feels about this, that it's a, you know, uh, he, he laid out how many, you know, 90% of the heroin comes across the southern border. Ten terrorists a week try to infiltrate uh, infiltrate into the United States. Uh, thousands a week try to make it into the United States. I thought he laid out a pretty good argument for it. I think he did. I think he did actually a very good job of just uh, laying it all out there and letting people know what's at stake here. And I think that is what's key uh, in this whole situation, that people need to understand this and the American people uh, in order for this to be something that works for the president and for Republicans, the people of America need to understand exactly what's at stake. And I think that he did a good job of explaining that, even to the point where he talked about the steel slats and not a wall. Yeah. I think it's important people understand that we're not talking about you know the Great Wall of China on our southern border. We're talking about uh, real uh, um, protections on our southern border to protect American people from drug trafficking. He mentioned terrorists and illegal immigration. And uh, I think that I think he did a nice job. It's just at this point, you've got to drive that message home, explain the situation about the money and what we're actually squabbling about um, and put the onus back on Democrats. But I think he did a good job. That was a good first step. I think I would have pictures of every Democrat's house that has a wall around it. Right. Starting with Hillary's. Yeah. Pelosi. Yeah. You know, I'd start showing all of theirs. What do these houses have in common? Oh, they have a wall. Right. But they don't want our country to have a wall. Right. I mean, I, I, and, I've got all kinds of ideas that drive the message, man. Well, and you'll, 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 
I mean, you get this, Dave, but the the, the left, the immediate response is, yes, the walls are bad. We need to tear more down, tear more walls down than build walls up. And there's this whole idea. We're not talking about keeping people from coming into our country nope. legally. It's about, it's about the illegal immigration, but also the drug trafficking. And mm-hmm. if we want to really stamp out uh, this, this whole uh, heroin epidemic, he talked about fentanyl. You've got to start somewhere, and if you know where it's coming from, putting a border wall up or these steel slats the president just mentioned uh, to deter that trafficking on our southern border, I think that makes sense. And I think, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think the American people, if they hear that message enough, uh, I think they will understand the importance of this, and I think they know the under- they, and I think they already know the importance of this, but they have to remember that this is what this all comes down to is $3.5 billion that Democrats don't want to give the president to accomplish something that that it's not just been president trump this is something we've talked about for decades yep. and and president trump just made this a pillar of his campaign and, and his in re-election I guess. yeah and his yeah. re-election so all right so with that all said we've got to that we'll keep an eye out i'm sure pelosi and schumer have something to say and when that happens we'll look at bringing it to you during my show if it happens during that time let me ask you a couple of questions some things came out that uh, i've been uh, finding out in now these are not bills yet these are things that have been filed and people are starting to go through all that are you are you guys is the governor aware that they're trying to to uh, get a nickel tax on diesel and gas in the in the legislature uh, again i know that he's aware that there's conversations uh, going on there but again you're talking about we talked about this earlier in the program that you know you're going to have two thousand plus bills filed. It's what you can get consensus on. Okay, so uh, it, and any does, sort of does he think that this is serious that the, that's being talked about, or is it? Just I, I don't talk? think I don't think there's any. Uh, I don't think anything's risen to the level of of serious at this point. I think you're going to okay. have a lot of ideas, but you have to reach consensus. And when I say serious, I mean obviously the legislators who look at this. Everyone's got their own ideas, but you have to build consensus. And, and if I'm not mistaken, anytime you raise taxes, you have to get a three quarter vote, and that's never easy um, uh, in the legislature, no matter what the uh, the bill is. So again, I think it's all about consensus. You you, you got to reach it with the legislature. You have to reach it with the executive branch. Um, I think we're we we want to do that. That's the goal of 2019 in this session. Um, but we'll see what happens. But again, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of legislation filed. Uh, it's important to keep up with it to the process. Um, but I I wouldn't say anything at this point that hasn't already been previously announced with consensus uh, sh- should be taken as seriously at this point. Because again, I think it has it has to take consensus, and I don't think we're there yet. During that last meeting that the tax task force i got it out there you got it all right made uh, the statement they started they they mentioned they didn't go into it they mentioned it and it's a word that that i don't like and it's called indexing is it does uh, the governor aware that they may be wanting to index construction costs for roads and things of that nature because that's not a good idea as far as i'm concerned yeah i think there's still a lot of ideas that are being floated out there the only thing the governor is focused on right now is that two four five point nine plan we we understand too i mean and as for those who may disagree we uh we very much believe in the separation of powers the governor is going to push things through that he wants uh, and work with legislature uh legislators uh, to get that done Um, but we also know that you know the legislative branch will file their own bills. They'll pass their own bills, and the governor will 
you know decide to sign or not. Um, but I think at this point, the the consensus on the uh, tax reform legislation is we all know where we want to go. Uh, it's how we get there, and I think there was some major compromise uh, last week when when um, the task force came back and said, okay, the governor wants to phase this in over four years. We want to do it in three. The governor came back and said, I think we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really uh, – that's what it's all about in 2019 is just let's come to the table. Let's We all have similar goals. Let's figure out how we get there. And when I say all of us, obviously I'm talking about the majorities in both chambers uh, and the governor's office. So we want to work together with them. We have a good relationship with, with both chambers. Um, but, again, it's about consensus, and we've got to reach that consensus to get any of this legislation um, – to the governor's desk so that's what we're going to concentrate on and we're going to work hard to get it done all right i appreciate you coming in today jr appreciate you staying here uh through the uh, the president congratulations to senator john bozeman on yeah. getting a, a high five from the the president basically about the farm bill and if we hear anything from schumer and pelosi we'll be sure we get it to you yep you have a merry christmas and a Happy New Year. We won't get back together until after the new year. You're right. And I want to say one quick thing sure. is that you're right. It was um, great to hear uh, John Bozeman publicly thank. Then you also heard the president talk about fentanyl, yep. which is something that Senator Cotton has really led the efforts yep. on. So it just speaks volumes of our, our senators, the uh, senior and junior. And, and it's it's uh, a lot of pride from Arkansas Republicans to see what work they're getting accomplished up there. Absolutely. You elected to right people. J.R., Thank you Thanks, very Dave. much. Merry Christmas. All right. We'll be back. we got more for you. I'm not going anywhere. Stick around. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We move into the uh, 3 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride as we move towards the uh, Christmas holiday, which will occur on Monday and Tuesday, Christmas Eve Monday, Christmas Day on Tuesday. I will not be here either day. Neither will Russ. We'll let the... Uh, Little Gremlins and the Computers take over, and we'll have uh, best of uh, shows for the Dave Ellswick Show on uh, both of those days, and uh, a special uh, Christmas show as well uh, for you on both days. Uh, on uh, Monday, I think it's at three o'clock, and on uh, what's a two o'clock? Sorry, two o'clock on Monday, five o'clock on Tuesday. So. Jerry Stewart is doing it, and you won't want to miss it. It'll be a lot of fun uh, to hear what he has put together. He puts together some really fine hour uh, specials for us here at our radio station and and Salem radio stations across the uh, the country. We're keeping our eye on the uh, flat screen here in the studio because we're waiting to see when Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer are going to bring uh, what the Democrats are thinking about what just happened in the last half hour. Speaker Paul Ryan uh, said today, uh, just a, about, uh, about an hour ago, that President Trump is not going to sign the stop get, uh, spending bill over concerns about border security, a decision that significantly increases the risk of a government shutdown, Ryan says the president informed us that he will not sign the bill. Trump's choice effectively torpedoes a spending bill that would fund the government through February 8th, but does not provide additional funding for his long-desired wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. This is, uh, by the way, an article from The Hill. 
Lawmakers have until the end of Friday to reach a new agreement or funding will lapse for the Department of Homeland Security and six other government agencies. Uh, Ryan, in a minute-long statement, said, We have very serious concerns about securing our border. Uh, The president says he's not going to sign this bill, so we're going to go back and work on adding border security to this. House Majority Whip Steve Scalise uh, later told reporters that Republicans will add $5 billion in funding for border security, including physical barriers as well as money for disaster relief to the stopgap spending measure. Quote, we'll move that later on today. This is about securing America's border, Scalise said at the Capitol. Now, what have the Democrats said? Well, here's what Pelosi earlier said today about wall funding. There are any circumstance that there seem to be some discussions ongoing on the floor of the House right now among Republicans around trying to pass this short-term funding bill. They're discussing adding wall funding. There's also potentially adding disaster funding. Is there any situation you think Democrats could support beyond a clean continuing resolution? The, uh, it depends on what they have to say, but not wall funding. Um, I think we've made that clear. It's not clear? Yeah, no, I mean, but we'll see what they come up with uh, in terms of disaster assistance. We'll see. But in terms of wall funding, that's a non-starter. I think they know that. All right, there you go. So that was a little earlier. Now, that's not – we haven't heard what the, the perhaps future speaker – uh, is saying now that the, the the president has basically now thrown down the gauntlet and has said, "Hey, look, you know, let's uh, let's talk about this. Um, we need to get this border under control." I thought he did a nice job in uh, explaining what they were wanting to do and why they wanted to do it. I don't think personally any reasonable thinking person would say that the president is wrong in his assessment in trying to, um, you know, make sure that our border is secure enough to keep, uh, you know, heroin from coming into it and things of that nature. And that's what he's talking about with this uh, particular uh, money that he's wanting to be put into uh, legislation. He's asking for $5 billion. Uh, and uh, as soon as we get something from, of course, uh, Pelosi knew, we'll have to see. Uh, she talked, uh, I'm looking on the screen right now, and uh, the th- stuff I'm seeing right now is not, I can't tell if it's old video or if it's uh New, this is old. Okay, so we'll have to see. Uh, the Democrats have not moved in to talk about uh, how they feel what the president said. Uh, Lindsey Graham talked about what should the president do about, about uh, you know, signing that piece of legislation. And maybe he's got a crystal ball because he kind of hinted at what he would do if he were the president. Uh, one final thing, because it's happening right now. There seems yeah. to be a lot of concern over the stopgap funding bill. Passed the yeah. Senate. There seems to be some real heartburn over it in the House. 
Trump even yeah. tweeted something that even yeah. seems that he could be wavering on if, he, if he'd yeah. go along with it. What's your message to the president on this one and your House colleagues, quite frankly? Well, I've been consistent. I think the idea of not giving the president more money for the wall and securing the border after the caravan is unreasonable by the Democrats. Almost every Senate Democrat voted for $25 billion in wall and border security funding in February. To say that we don't need $5 billion versus $1.3 is ridiculous, particularly after the caravan. So I encourage the president to dig in and force the Democrats and Republicans to help him better secure the border. If I were him, I would stand firm. I can understand... Not signed. I can understand picking a fight. Okay, on we can we can border stop security. that because, as he says, he can he can understand why you'd pick a fight over border security. It affects the United States of America. It affects uh, the citizens of this country. And as the senator mentioned, and I think is important for everybody to remember, just back in February, about eleven months ago. Just about every House Democrat voted for $25 billion to be spent on uh, on that wall. So the only thing that's changed is politics. That's all that's changed. And now the president has thrown it back in the face of the Democrats. Let's see what they do. I think the, the, ops, the optics of this favor the Republicans now. Uh, you guys were willing to do this back in February. You're not willing to do it now, and I'm only asking for $5 billion to get it done. This is uh, pure politics. You put, you're put, you putting the uh, you know defense of the border of the United States uh, behind politics, and, and I'd beat them to death with that message. I really – I would beat them to death with it, and, it's, and rightly so. And then I, you know, like I said uh, earlier with Jr. on, that I, I publish pictures of everybody's house that has a wall around it. Everybody's house that has a door. I'd show it and say, why does he have a door on, on, on his house when he doesn't want to put a door up uh, on the border of America? Why does Nancy Pelosi have a wall around her house? Why does... Uh, Former first lady and uh, senator of New York, uh, first lady of Arkansas, Hillary Clinton have a huge wall around her compound. Why do these people live in gated communities? They want to protect themselves, but they don't want to make sure you are protected. Just the way that I would present it to everybody. I think I think that resonates with the average person, to be honest with you. You know, there's uh, 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits. Did you know that? There's 2,728 rules in the Social Security handbook. I'm learning about a lot of this because my Social Security starts in February of next year. And to make matters worse, the Social Security Administration is actually forbidden by the government to offer you any personalized advice. So you're totally on your own. It's no wonder why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. You can learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits that you have coming in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. Of course, it's from David Lucas. 
host of the David Lucas Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. You hear him every Saturday from uh, at, three, at uh, 10 o'clock and again at 3 o'clock. Uh, to get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, all you need to do is be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. You don't want to leave thousands of dollars on the table. You want to get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. So pick up uh, your phone and punch in 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. By the way, I got a guest coming back at uh, the 4 o'clock hour that many of you have asked me to bring back, and we got him on today, and uh, Michael Cutler will be with us. He has served with the uh, with INS, now known as ICE, the uh, National Naturalization Service is where he started with them. Has uh, worked with CIA, the FBI, and a whole lot of other people dealing uh, with illegal immigration, dealing with terrorists trying to come across their borders. He's going to be on with us uh, right after the news at the top of the hour. Uh, if you're really interested in what's going on in the world of uh, illegal immigration, you're going to want to hear what he has to say. Here's here's uh, what the headline was he sent me today. Iran, he's going to talk a lot about Iran today, threatens U.S. and its allies with drugs, refugees, bombs, and assassination. So we'll see what uh, he has to say about all of that here in the 4 o'clock hour. You won't want to uh, miss any of it. I'm sure of that. And I'll be asking him about what the president did today and does he believe that this is going to lead to uh, getting this uh, slat wall built uh, that the uh, president has been um, asking for now. It's a slat wall. It's a wall made out of metal slats, and I'm sure that it's going to be built in such a way that not easy to crawl over it. Ninety. I didn't realize that 90% of the heroin coming in this country is coming across uh, our southern border. And yesterday I heard an uh, interesting uh, uh, point of information that Afghanistan, who had been growing the poppies and uh, making the heroin over on uh, one side of their country basically uh, has changed their uh, production to met methamphetamines finding people want that's the drug of choice right now not heroin although deaths by heroin have gone up uh, here in the last few years and a lot of that having to do with uh, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, uh, the opioid uh, uh, problem and uh, the reaction to the deaths by opioid and uh, the um, doctors that are writing open into prescriptions and things of that nature. And now they've tightened it all up and they've done some things that are good. They've done some things that are bad. Uh, there's people who need opioids to uh, treat uh, the inordinate amount of pain that they live with daily, and they need more than what a few people sitting around a table and listening to people talk about, uh, you know, this and that and the other. Uh, they need more than than what 
uh, some bureaucrats are are saying that they need and they're suffering and to take care of their pain they're going out and buying heroin and shooting up heroin to take the uh, the pain away and that's why you know heroin sales have gone up that's why heroin deaths have gone up uh, so you know I understand trying to to um, treat the opioid problem by controlling the drug better. However, you've got to take everybody into consideration. You've got to take in the drug dealer, the, the maker of the, uh, the, the, the pills, and the people who take the pills, and some who have been taking them for many, many years. And, uh, you know, you can't just pull back uh, their supply to a way that will not furnish furnish them the necessary uh, potency that they need to be able to live their normal lives. So I know that there's some of that going on here in the state, and I hope that that committee uh, will allow doctors, and this is what I think needs to be done, doctors need to be allowed to prescribe what they think their particular patients who they treat need. And there shouldn't have to be a long, long list of things that that that, 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 that person has to come up with to get, you know, some political okay uh, over it. I, I just think that that's not the way that you take care of medical issues. You let uh, the people who know the issues the best deal help deal with it. Give them the ability to deal with it, and that's the doctors. All right, so going back to the story we're talking about, President uh, today told House Republican leaders he will not sign a Senate-passed spending package that does not include sought-after border security funds, upending negotiations uh, to avert a government shutdown by the end of the week. Said the president, uh, I've made my position very clear. Any measure that funds the government must include border security. House Speaker Paul Ryan uh, and House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy Uh, told reporters after meeting the president at the White House that Trump told them he will not sign the stopgap spending measure approved by the Senate on Wednesday night because of legitimate concerns for border security. What we're going to do is go back to the House and work with our members, uh, former uh, Speaker of the House Ryan said. We want to keep the government open, but we also want to see an agreement that protects the border. We have very serious concerns about securing our border. Fox News saying they've learned the House will try to amend the Senate bill with an additional $5 billion for a border wall as sought by Trump. But it's unclear whether that would pass and it would face an even tougher time in the Senate with the clock ticking before a Friday shutdown deadline. Things are complicated by the holidays, as well as the fact that some lawmakers leaving Congress this year are already back home. The House Republican whip team is checking in with members 
who aren't in town and trying to talk anyone that isn't a hard no into flying back to Washington as soon as possible, a source said. The Senate bill, as passed, would keep several key departments of the uh, federal government funded through February and avert a partial shutdown. The Senate measure does not or does provide a total of $1.6 billion for border security and funds other agencies at current levels through February 8th, but does not include new wall funding. After the White House initially indicated a willingness to consider such a short-term compromise, the president faced mounting pressure from immigration-minded conservatives to dig in on his demand for $5 billion to fund the border wall, a signature campaign promise, before Democrats take over the House in January. The president apparently did just that in his meeting with House GOP leaders seeking more border security and wall funding. McCarthy said the president said what the Senate sent over is just kicking the can down the road. We want to solve this problem. So we'll have a a news headline time coming up for you here in about uh, 50 seconds. Then I'll return and we'll have more uh, dealing with uh, this immigration issue. Try to find some more uh, uh, new information that's uh, out there from the uh, different uh, news organizations and see what's uh, going on with that. So uh, we'll try to find out what's uh, what's going on. Lindsey Graham is with the president on stopping, uh, you know, uh, the the funding of these organizations until they get border wall. But he's got a falling out with Lindsey Graham uh, dealing with uh, the Syria pullout. So we got to talk about uh, that as well. And a California sheriff now is ripping sanctuary policy after deportees deadly reign of terror i'll tell you about that all right back with you dave ellswick show and uh, hopefully here in a moment david ray is going to join us not our arkansas david ray but fair federation for uh immigration reform america immigration reform uh from dc we're giving him a call right now and see if he's available to talk about the president uh of course having uh the press conference today and and talking about uh, everything going on with not signing uh, the stopgap funding uh, measure. So are you or is someone you know suffering from eczema? Well, it's uh, time to stop covering up. That's the case. New clinical trials in uh, central Arkansas might help reduce or relieve your eczema and its uh, symptoms. We're talking about Applied Research Center of Arkansas here. Qualified participants will receive free study-related care and compensation for time and travel. Don't let eczema keep you hiding. Call us at 501-954-7822 or visit us online, uh, arcarkansas.com, to apply. Again, the number, 501-954-7822, online, arcarkansas.com. Help could be just a click or a call away. Apply today. I've heard we got David Ray. He joins us from Washington, D.C. Thanks on short notice, David. Appreciate you that you can join us. A big, big move by the president today. Yes, it is. Uh, We uh, had uh, put out a statement earlier today saying, you know, 
it's now or never that uh, you need to veto any bill that doesn't contain funding for the wall. The wall has been a centerpiece of his campaign. He's promised it, uh, you know, last several times that it wasn't included in a spending bill. He said he would never do that again, and it's now or never. And apparently there is now language uh, that is going to be voted on on the House that would that has I think it's 5.7 billion inserted into the bill. Uh, how this is going to go through is anyone's guess. I've heard that some members of the Senate have already left, and obviously you know that uh, the government funding expires tomorrow night at midnight. So the, the what's going on uh, on the House side is still in the works, and we're hopeful that we can get a vote on the wall and that uh, they will have the votes there to, to pass it. Uh, I, if not, I don't know what plan B is from that point. But yes, we put out a statement. We thought it was, you know, it, it was, uh, this is maybe the, the, the uh, place where you stake your reputation and say, I'm going to go to the wall. I'm going to go to the wall for the wall. And uh, that seems to be what President Trump is doing today. Yeah, it seemed to me that uh, last week or earlier this week, I don't know, it all runs together. Right. When, when he met Schumer and uh, Pelosi in the Oval Office, that he said he'd be happy to own the shutdown uh, right. if it protected the, the border. And then uh, they started walking that back. And I thought, that's not good. You know, yeah. when, when I heard him starting to do that, I thought... You know what he's doing? He's he's basically shooting himself in the foot for a second term. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was starting to sound like any other politician, unfortunately, for him, because one of his big selling points was that he's the new type of guy. He's a businessman. He knows how to make deals. And I think he has shown that he knows how to make deals. I mean, this uh, a crime bill that just went through today, They, they this thing was stuck in limbo forever, and his administration got it through. He certainly has done a lot of great things on immigration, but this was a central promise that he made mm-hmm. to the American people, and it it led to a lot of people crossing the aisle, some of them perhaps for the first time in their lives, to vote for a Republican for president. So uh, if he doesn't get this through this appropriations bill, then he's got two years to figure out how to get it. Uh, I will say on his behalf that I would find it very difficult um, trying to negotiate with people who refuse to negotiate. I mean, there. Oh yeah. But there, there is going to come a time in the future when the Democrats really want something, and he's going to have the veto ability hanging over that, and that's when, if he doesn't get this uh, tonight, and he you know vetoes this, and the government uh, closes, then. Uh, we'll see if they can get it in the in this spending bill. But if not, he, you know, there are two years left in his term. But, you know, when I was in San Diego recently, I uh, was on the border as the caravan was arriving, and I saw firsthand the effectiveness of the border wall. There is about 14 miles of border wall south of San Diego. And let me tell you that without a shadow of doubt in my mind that, that, that the illegal alien caravan would have been in the United States and disappeared by now, if it wasn't for the effectiveness of the border wall. And the place where they broke through, and this happened a couple couple days prior to uh, Fair's arrival there at the border, but there was a breakthrough, and there was about 100 people, and uh, they pushed women and children out 
in front and then through rocks and pieces of concrete and stones at the border patrol. But the place where they were able to break through was most was, was fencing. So it shows you the difference between what a border wall does and what fencing does. And so there are places along the border where we do need a wall, and I am thankful that the president has decided to fight for it. Uh, yeah, you got uh, the president saying it's going to be steel slats that they're going to build yeah. this wall out of. I just thought it was interesting. He was specific about that. What about yeah. the Democrats? Are you hearing Schumer and Pelosi? When are they going to stand in front of the press and answer? Because I believe this puts them in a very, very tight, precarious position. Because if we remember correctly, back in February, the Democrats voted for $25 billion on the wall. Yeah, I don't, you know, what it what it looks like is Democratic intransigence, sorry, this had a tongue twister on that one, is preventing the nation from securing its borders. I mean, most Americans understand we need a wall, and now they simply seem to be saying no for the, for the single reason that the president wants it. They've agreed to walls in the past. In 2006, Senator Schumer, uh, Senator Obama, and Senator Clinton all voted for 700 miles of border fencing, uh, secure border fencing along the southern border. You know, what's the difference between a border, a border fence and a wall? In some ways, it's semantics. In other ways, you could say it's effectiveness. And in some places, we need fencing, and in some places, we need a wall. So how they're going to justify this, that's... You know, Nancy Pelosi, uh, I will give you, is in a is in a difficult political position because she's vying for uh, being Speaker of the House, and she is representing a caucus that is, you know, arguably the most open borders group of people (laughs) that have ever sat in Congress before, and and would like to do away with immigration and customs enforcement altogether. So she's got a little bit of a political dance to do herself. Yeah, we're going to get a little bit of. Uh, you know, Kabuki Theater, I believe, here, uh, David, you know for a few days. So they don't have a few days, though. They're going to shut it down uh, by tomorrow. tomorrow. And, yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, with some of the senators having already left town, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I mean, we might be careening for a, for a shutdown no matter what happens in the House. But we'll see. You know, they have a way of pulling these things out. Uh could be a temporary shutdown until the Senate reconvenes after Christmas. I don't know. It's in, it's anybody's guess right now. This is theater at its best. Don't go out and rent a movie tonight. Turn on C-SPAN and watch for yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> David Ray, thanks so much. Appreciate you joining us on a very short term, and I appreciate all the information you got for us. Thank you much. Uh, you, you bet, Dave. Anytime. Love uh, chatting with you. Have all a right. great day. David Ray from FAIR. Uh, where I go for hold their feet to the fire every year in Washington, D.C. Good to have him on and bring us up from where uh, he's sitting. And I, I should have told him, uh, Russ, that I promised not to bother him uh, again to after Christmas. However, I can't do that because there's still Friday to play out. <laughs> and I may be calling him dealing with that. Let's get a, a, a quick uh, break here. And then when we come back, is there a way for Trump to get the border wall without Extra funding for the Democrats. We'll talk about it as we finish up the uh, 3 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. And I'm Dave Ellswick. Let's get to the uh, how can the president not get authorized money 
uh, for the wall. And is there such a thing as unauthorized money? Well, uh, can the government, here's the question, can the government spend money that has not been specifically authorized by Congress? Well, they'll tell you no, but in reality, absolutely. Every year, the government spends hundreds of billions of dollars on things that are not specifically authorized by Congress. Both Democrats and Republicans have been complicit in this practice. President Trump, and he has done a, a, a yeoman's job of trying to get authorized funding, has worked hard to get his wall funded properly. But he may ultimately do exactly what presidents before him have done, take advantage of the broken congressional process. You may not be aware of this. This is what happens when the government gets so big and bad that people can finagle billions of dollars out of it. Washington's dirty little secret is that unauthorized spending is not uncommon. As a freshman member of Congress, that truth stunned a lot of people. One congressman says by his estimation, there were many in the body who disapproved of the practice, but to their disappointment, the body as a whole was not inclined to address the issue. In other words, yeah, you could do that. And Ch- this Chavez talking here. I mean, and he he knows this stuff. And he says, yeah, they, they gave lip service about how they were upset with it, but nobody tried to stop it. The Democrats may frame exasperation with the president potentially spending unauthorized money on the wall, but they have enthusiastically participated in the budgetary games that will make it possible. For instance, during the Obama administration, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office estimated $310 billion was spent on unauthorized appropriations in fiscal year 2016, the last fiscal year of his presidency. The federal budget is enormous, more than $4 trillion, trillion dollars, that's trillion with a T each year, of which roughly $1 trillion is discretionary. In other words, Congress gets to decide where that $1 trillion goes to. $3 trillion, they don't have any choice at all. It's Congress' job to authorize programs and appropriate funds for them from that $1 trillion. However, the budget categories under which programs are authorized and funds are appropriated are very broad. And since Congress doesn't pass specific language about every last dollar's use, discretionary funds are inevitably used for things that Congress never specifically funded. That's how the executive branch often gets the money it needs to do things that Congress won't formally authorize. It finds money that has been either broadly appropriated or appropriated to a program that's expired and redirects it to a related program or purpose of its choosing. Each year, the CBO CBO attempts to track these unauthorized expenditures. 
In July of 2018, they reported CBO has identified 1,035 authorizations of appropriations that expired before the beginning of the fiscal year 2018. Those authorizations appeared in 261 different laws and when most recently, in effect, authorized a combined annual total of, are you ready for this, $168 billion for certain agencies, programs, or functions. By CBO's estimate, $318 billion has been appropriated for fiscal year 2018 for those agencies, programs, or functions, unquote. Chavez says that uh, this practice affords a president far too much flexibility to substitute the administration's priorities for those of Congress. Constitutionally, the budget is to be set by the people's representatives, not by the president. During the appropriations process, members regularly attempt to insert language limiting how the administration can spend money during the fiscal year, but these efforts often fail Uh, For two reasons. Here they are. First, the Congress continues to appropriate money by continuing resolution, which just extends an existing spending bill and therefore doesn't include these limitations. Second, the creativity of every administration stretches much further than any limitations Congress can impose. While the broken budget process may benefit President Trump in his efforts to build a wall, it is still a broken process. And it should be uh, something that's talked about by the House and the Senate about how to fix it. Many believe there should not be a separate appropriations committee that regularly bypasses the work of the authorizing committees. Until that changes, the spending will continue to be inconsistent with what is actually authorized by law. That uh, information I just gave you is taken from a a. Uh, piece written by Jason Chavez, and uh, he was the chairman of the U.S. House Oversight Committee when he served as a representative from Utah. And he's also the author of the book, The Deep State, How an Army of Bureaucrats Protected Barack Obama and is Working to Destroy the Trump Agenda. So there you got it. Yeah, there's authorized funds, and then there's unauthorized funds, but Both parties play loose and free by their executive uh, branch uh, person that's in the presidency. Thus far, President Trump hasn't tried to go around the authorized program and use funds that are unauthorized, but we're going to have to see if he sticks with that or if he goes ahead and does an end around on it guaranteed that if he tries it what's going to happen is that you're going to see the democrats start screaming like stuck little pigs and pointing out and the news media will point it out but the news media will not point out how the democrats and every other administration uh down the line have done the exact same thing that's the dirty little secret That is in Washington, D.C., and uh, that's why a press that reports the news and all the facts is necessary in this country and what we don't have any longer. I mean, you haven't seen a story about it, have you? That's the first time I've ever heard 
some of the stuff I just read. Nobody's writing stories about it. Nobody's reporting on it. Nobody is calling both parties out on it. Everybody just plays the game the way the game has been played for quite a while now. All right, when we come back, I told you that uh, we'd have Michael uh, Cutler on today. We're going to talk about Iran, how they threaten the U.S. and our allies with drugs, refugees, bombs, and assassination. So all that's going to come up here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and we're going to talk about it. And Congress, by the way, while Iran is doing all of this, just uh, remains willfully blind to all of it. And uh, keep that all in mind as we come back and speak about this uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show in the next hour. Now, the comprehensive immigration reform, uh, says Michael, needs to have a much truer and honest name, a, a really good title like Terrorist Assistant and Facilitation Act. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about what the president has done today. Uh, We'll see if he thinks this will have any effect on the border. Dave Ellswick Show, news is next. Stick by us, and we'll be back with you with Michael Cutler. And a friend just uh, texted me and said that, uh, isn't it interesting that no negotiation is permanent till the fat lady sings? Yes, that is very, very true, and especially with this president. So the president today let the Senate and let the House think they were going to go home for Christmas without any kind of uh, anything done about the wall. And he pulled them all up short, and he said, oh, wait a second, guys. Hold on a second. Wait a second. I don't intend to push the can down the road anymore. I want that $5 billion for the wall. And he's, I think he's, he's put one party at a disadvantage, and that, that's the, the Democratic Party. And I'm going to talk to, Mark, uh, to Michael uh, Cutler about this. And uh, the way he did this and said, hey, I'm, I'm asking for $5 billion. You know, back in February, Democrats said they'd go with $25 billion. And, uh, you know, all I need is this $5 billion. And, and, and let's get this done, and let's protect the border. And that's the reason I'm not going to sign this. Is I, I, I had to do it. Basically, if you read between the lines, I had to do it the way that I'm doing it to force you to deal with this. Put the money in and let's move on. So let's bring on the man that I always bring on whenever we need to know all of the story that's being played out before us, the kabuki dances, I say, on the national media. media. Michael Cutler joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And Michael, how are you today? I'm terrific, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Seems that the president kind of caught everybody with their pants down today and they are they're doing a a fast dance trying to figure out what they're going to do well they're trying to tread water in the cesspool i think (laughs) (laughs) how's that for i I don't call it a swamp it's a cesspool you know a swamp is natural and it's part of the ecological system and critters live in the swamp 
The cesspool is man-made, and there's nothing good to be found in a cesspool. And that's really Washington, D.C. these days, isn't it? It is. It really, really is. And let me just remind everybody what Michael Cutler said. He says, this is neither a conservative issue, nor is it a liberal issue. Simply stated, this is most certainly an American issue. You're either part of the solution or you are a part of the problem. And then our... uh, you know, republic democracy that we have is not a spectator sport. You yep. either lead, follow, or just get out of the way. Yep, I, I couldn't agree with that, the way you added republican democracy. You're right, I know I say democracy, and it's the same difference. The idea is that we, the people, are supposed to be telling the politicians what to do, not the other way around. We've turned our government and the principles of governance on its ear, and we're paying one hell of a price. Um, And this isn't about left or right. You know, I'm registered as a Democrat, but I can't tell you the last time I voted for a Democrat for the simple reason that the Democratic Party is no longer the Democratic Party. They've become the party of anarchists, seditionists, um, they're self-hating Americans. I don't know any other way to describe it. They have, they've been bought out and, and they've sold out. But I have to tell you, truth be known, the Republicans aren't much better. I agree. Uh, I mean, I agree. The Democrats said, let's do away with ICE, and the Republicans say, oh, you're crazy. Meanwhile, we've got 6,000 ICE agents for the whole country. Half of them are doing other than immigration work. Let's remember the C in ICE is customs, which has nothing to do with immigration. Mm-hmm. And this is a a gift from George W. Bush. In fact, when John Hostetler was the chairman of the House Immigration Subcommittee, and John is a conservative Republican, I testified in front of John on that committee, I think eight or nine times I've been before other committees in both the House and Senate. And he took George W. Bush and his administration to task. Uh, I remember sitting there at a hearing back in 2005 on the dual missions of immigration law enforcement, and he said that what this administration, that is the Bush administration, created was uh, immigration incoherence. So it's not shocking that Jeb Bush said that illegal immigration was an act of love. I wrote a piece back then where I said that Jeb was looking for love in all the wrong places. But it's, it's both parties, because immigration has not, is not a law enforcement system anymore. It has become a delivery system. And it delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor, an unlimited supply of foreign tourists, an unlimited supply of foreign students. And for the politician, to our attorneys, and many of those characters are, an unlimited supply of clients for immigration lawyers. Look, Bob Goodlatte is leaving. He's the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, one of the four or five most important chairmanships you can have in the House of Representatives. He is an immigration lawyer. And on his way out the door, he was trying to double the number of H-2B visas, visas for people who do semi-skilled and non-skilled work. Do we really have a shortage of Americans who can mow lawns or or work in in, in the stock room and, and do the other kind of jobs that we're talking about? Of course there's no shortage. This is about undercutting wages and about providing clients for immigration lawyers. And what's at stake is nothing less than national security. You know, I was an INS agent for 30 years. I know. My my very first case led me to uncover a terror plot in Israel. We prevented the bombing of their oil refinery at Haifa. The second largest contingent of law enforcement officers who were assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force are immigration agents because... 
foreign terrorists, when they come to America to commit acts of terror, violate multiple statutes covered by the Immigration Act. And in order to stay here and hide in plain sight, they frequently violate still more of those statutes that are contained within the Immigration and Nationality Act. So how in the world does it make sense when we know that Iran, that I just wrote an article for Front Page Magazine, I hope after your show is over, not while your show is on, but after it's over, I hope your audience will go to frontpagemag.com, Front Page Magazine. And my latest article just published yesterday, Iran threatens U.S. and its allies with drugs, refugees, bombs, and assassination. Yeah, we'll, po- words, we'll post that. The Iranian leadership. We'll post that up on our Thank social you. media so that everybody can find it. So I let, appreciate it. Let's talk about what the president did today, okay. why he did what he did, and what some of the repercussions may be. And then we're going to talk about that, uh, that article that you wrote because it's very important for people to read. So let's start off. The president today... Last week, he had met with Pelosi and Schumer. Uh, it was a very interesting meeting in the uh, Oval Office. The yep. president had allowed the TV cameras to be there, and he kind of beat up Schumer and Pelosi there, made them kind of look like fools, to be honest. But then he started. Much. Yeah, no, well, that's true. Much, does it? No, it doesn't. And he started backing off. What he had said, because he said that he would shut the government down if it came down to the border, because that was uh, national security, and he would he would take that on as a, a a personal thing. Then he started walking it back. Now, do you think he started walking it back and changed his mind, or did he start walking it back to make the Democrats feel comfortable? You know, I don't know, but he is the deal maker, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, so. I, I mean, think about that. And, and think about how Nancy Pelosi was mortified when she saw the cameras and said, are they going to be here for the meeting? <laughs> she, she, she is an insect that hides in the dark corners. Remember, it was Pelosi who said infamously, you won't know what's in the Obamacare bill, the Affordable Care Act, so-called, until after it's passed. Let's do this in the dark. Let's keep the American people in the shadows. Forget about the illegal aliens being in the shadows. With Pelosi and company, it's the truth that's being kept in the shadows and out of the reach of the American citizens. This is not representative democracy by anybody's definition. These are a bunch of legislative thugs who are used to getting their way. And they used to, except they never came up a guy like Donald Trump who writes his own playbook okay and so what he's doing how he's doing it I, I won't even venture a guess but i think it's very effective and i think that what's really critical to understand is what's on the line we know that iran and that was the topic of my article today the that we know that iran and i've written others about it is is eager to um be able to hold to hold us uh, hostage to their terrorism Iran is the largest state sponsor of terrorism. When Obama signed off on that nuclear deal, he was essentially guaranteeing Iran a pathway to a nuclear weapon a decade down the road, maybe sooner. But it wasn't a matter of if, it was only a matter of when. Who in their right mind wants a country that sponsors terrorism to get their hands on nuclear weapons? Mm -hmm. Clearly, that's an act of national suicide. 
And so when President Trump came to office, he's kept every promise. He pulled the troops out of Syria. That's a story for another day. But that was a campaign promise. See, unlike the politicians who lie through their teeth, this guy comes out of the construction trades, as did my dad, except my dad wasn't the boss. He was a, a union member. He was a plumber, worked on new construction. He was a tradesman. And to my dad and his buddies, their word was their bond. If they gave you their word, you didn't need to have any pieces of paper. He would shake your hand, look you in the eye, and say, I'll get it done. That was the end of the conversation. And so that is, I believe, the mentality that Donald Trump has brought with him to the Oval Office. And, 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 and these weasels, the fraudsters, the scam artists who call themselves political representatives aren't used to it, which is part of why they hate him so much. He doesn't need their money, so they don't have any levers to use against him. And he's a man of his word. Yep. Do you see Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi being people of their word? Well, did you see them in the Oval Office? Schumer was so bent over, he looked like yes. a whipped dog. He was a whipped dog, and that's exactly what he is. I had meetings with Chuck Schumer. You know, he used to be my congressman, but even though uh, I was a registered Democrat, he was never my representative. This is a guy who is all about open borders, and he's a hypocrite, which is as bad as it gets. You know, as an agent, you're always trying to figure out if someone's telling you the truth. Mm -hmm. An easy way to know if someone's a liar is whether or not they are uh, hypocritical whether or not they, you know, weasel out of stuff. And he always does. You know, in 2014, Dave, Schumer proposed legislation that would make trespassing on critical infrastructure or national landmarks a five-year federal felony. And on his own Senate website, the official website, you can't say he didn't say it, you can't weasel out of it, he, he mentioned a 16-year-old boy, his use of words, 16-year-old boy, who had climbed the World Trade Center that was under construction at the time. We, for a while, called it the Freedom Tower. And he said that whether you're an adrenaline junkie or a criminal, when you trespass, you're committing a dangerous act, and you need to go to jail for five years so that we deter this kind of dangerous behavior. Uh -huh. I think he's right. But meanwhile, the same Chuck Schumer says that when you trespass on America, if you're an illegal alien, you've earned the highest honor we can bestow upon a foreign national, United States citizenship. Do you see a little bit of a disconnect in hypocrisy? Oh, there, sure. Dave? Sure, absolutely. I, I'll be honest with you. If, if I had the money to just burn, I'd, I would post pictures of every uh, Democrat representative standing against the wall of their homes that had a, had a wall around them. And I well, would publicize them. Sure, but, but so then why in the world do you have the Republicans taking a voice vote? Because they're weasels also. Why the vo voice vote on the budget? So there's no paper trail. That's right. Everybody is gaming the system. Nobody wants accountability. Everyone's hiding in the corners. And out steps Donald Trump into the sunlight and says, the hell with all of this. I'm going to make you accountable, and I'm going to publicize what rats you are. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love oh, it. I mean, it's a page out of the playbook that I grew up with as the son of a tradesman. All right. Because, you know, you got to be a man of your word or a woman of your word, or what else are you? Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, Michael Cutler is our guest. MichaelCutler.net is his website. Don't forget about it. MichaelCutler.net. Always check it out. Great writing, great uh, information for you. 
just about every day. We'll be back with Michael in just a moment. Let's get a break in. And here we go right now. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget that website, michaelcutler.net. michaelcutler.net. Michael Cutler is our guest, over 30 years' experience uh, with INS, better known as ICE now. And uh, he knows what he's talking about when we sit here and talk about uh, border security and, and how both parties have punted and and done smoke and mirrors and and all kinds of things on on this issue to protect the interests that they protect as either Democrats or Republicans. So we're back with him. I want to talk with him more. Uh, so what what do you think happens now? Uh, let's just uh, finish up this half hour talking about uh, what's going on with the Republicans and Democrats. Do we get the five billion dollars for the wall? Do you believe? I don't know. I have to tell you, I have no idea because neither party is really committed to border security. That's how you wind up with maybe 30 million illegal aliens in the United States, perhaps even more. Again, because it's a delivery system. And and they know what their constituents want to hear, but they know what their bribers, their employers, their campaign contributors expect from them in exchange for the money. Let's be blunt. Campaign contributions are bribes, period. End of statement. Uh, Look, as a federal agent, I wasn't allowed to accept a cup of coffee on duty. The most I was allowed to accept from anybody was ice water. The idea was that no one is supposed to think they can get cozy with a federal employee and and curry special favor. And I agree with it, by the way. So when you're accepting campaign contributions and they're megabucks, do you not believe that there's an expectation of some sort of quid pro quo? Uh, and, you know, what, what I find really remarkable, and I want uh, just a couple of quick points about this that I think are so important and about the wa- why the wall is important. First of all, the wall would pay for itself within a year or two at most. I, I compare the wall on the border with insulation in your home. You put insulation in the walls and roof so that heat doesn't escape in the wintertime so that you, you cut down the fuel oil bill or the gas heat bill because if the, you know, if the air escapes and you're chilly, you have to keep running the furnace. If you can trap the warm air, you don't run the furnace so much, you save lots of money. Within a couple of years, insulation pays for itself. If we could keep the flow of foreign workers who shouldn't be working here from coming here, they wouldn't be sending home the hundred-plus billion dollars a year that we're losing. If we could secure the border so that narcotics did not flow into the United States, then the money that goes back to the countries that sent us the drugs would not be going back. And there you're probably talking about hundreds of billions of dollars per year. So it would make the streets safer. It would save innumerable lives. It would stop funding terrorism and the drug cartels. And, you know, uh, there was an article that I had just written about that link between Hezbollah, the Iranian terrorists, and how they're working hand-in-glove with human traffickers and drug smugglers, number one, to generate money, and number two, to create the opportunity to smuggle in sleeper agents from Iran so they could make good on the threats that the Iranian government has been making. So it's a win-win-win-and-win. Who in their right mind would not want to secure the border against drugs, criminals, and terrorists? And by the way, foreign workers who displace Americans, destroy the wage structure, kill off the middle class, and you wind up with Americans going from taxpaying homeowners 
and uh, you know uh, consumers to Americans who, through no fault of their own, lose their jobs, lose their homes, and begin to rely on expensive economic safety net programs, which further hammers the economy, not just the federal economy, but state and local economy. All right, Michael. There is no downside. Got to jump in. We got to get a break. Okay. We'll come back and we'll talk about Iran here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Talk to him for a few minutes. He won't lead you wrong. And I know he still has some Christmas ornaments, some special Christmas ornaments, blown glass that he'll include with your buy and uh, be a great thing for you to buy. Some uh, James Hayes ornaments. That name doesn't mean anything to me, but evidently the women love James Hayes, and he's got special ornaments that you can give to your person that uh, they'll love. That's out at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, up in Hillcrest. Again, the phone number, talk to Eric, 501-246-3655. And don't forget, he's on tomorrow at 4 o'clock with me right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Right now, though, Michael Cutler is on the air with me. And let's talk about this new article that he has written, Iran Threatens U.S. and Its Allies with Drugs, refugees, bombs, and assassination. And one last thing about the president. The president said today during that uh, signing of the farm bill when he was talking about he wasn't going to sign the, um, the, the Senate's uh, you know, funding mechanism, uh, he said that 10 terrorists try to enter the United States every week. He said that uh, they can prove that. So... Um, with that in mind, tell us about Iran, Michael. What do you got for them? Well, Iran is, is really, what's going on with Iran is extremely disconcerting, and it's something that everybody should be focused on. You know, there have been so many hearings where the focus has been on sleeper agents, Iranians who come to the United States, keep a low profile, just like the 9-11 hijackers, just like others do. They maintain a low profile. They have no criminal history. They don't jaywalk. They don't spit on the sidewalk. They don't argue with anybody. They are model members of the community. You know, how many times have you heard naive people say things like, well, let's go back to when the Nazis were, were still hiding among us. Most of them, thankfully, are dead now. My family was decimated by those bums. It uh, wasn't a good idea to be Jewish in Europe during the Holocaust. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And, and But... You know, they would arrest these people, and the neighbor would say, well, he tended to his rose garden, and he smiled at me and my little boy when we went for walks every day. Okay, and what does that mean? Just because someone smiles at you, you know, you never, you, have you ever heard of a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why when I hear the nonsense, by the way, well, why did they arrest that guy? He wasn't a criminal. Well, if he's here in violation of law, if he snuck into the country, he's trespassing. That's dangerous. We, he knows why he's here. We don't. And by the way, he's taking a job of an American. You know, this argument that I want everyone to think about, it. well, if they're paying their taxes and they're working and they're not on welfare, but we give tourist visas to aliens specifically so they can visit but not work, because if they work, they're then depriving an American a job. <laughs> the whole idea is to protect American workers, their jobs, and their paychecks. So that's a problem. And by the way, one other myth I wanted to spell for your audience, just to think about why this is all so important and how it all comes together. We frequently are told that, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with aliens who want to work. They want to make a better life for themselves. 
We can't solve the world's problems by flooding America with cheap labor uh, and take on all of the world's poor. Half the world lives below the poverty line. And we always hear the nonsense, well, the Democrats want the immigrants because they're going to vote for the, for the Democrats, right? Mm-hmm. But think about what we're doing to Americans today, pushing them to the Democratic Party by taking away their jobs or suppressing the wages to the point that American kids coming out of college with a degree can't support themselves because, number one, they're paying off a student loan that looks more like a mortgage payment. And, in fact, student loans are the second largest form of personal indebtedness in the United States, second only to mortgages. So when you put people like that in that situation where they can't support themselves and where they are eager to do something so they can get by, well, guess what they do? They go to the party that promises them anything that's free, free food stamps, housing assistance, whatever it is. That's right. So without realizing it, the Republicans and the conservatives are driving the Americans to the Democratic Party. Do I make sense to you? Yeah, sure you make sense. I said one of the greatest things that the Democrats have done in the last five years is expanding government assistance to the middle class. They put more people on the payroll, and they don't want to give up their checks. No, and they can't, because look at where we are. You know, I'm living in the house my parents bought when I was 11 years old uh, a long time ago, more than a half century ago. And today, you know, back then it took about three and a half years worth of my dad's pay to buy the house. Mm -hmm. Today, a construction worker like my dad would need to work perhaps 11 years to buy the same house based on. So how do you do that? The answer is you can't. Mm-hmm. So housing goes through the roof. Homelessness has increased. That puts a greater burden on cities and states and resources. It's a downward spiral. We are now in a race to the bottom fueled by cheap foreign labor. And by the way, if you look at China, uh, they've just announced the indictment of two, two Chinese citizens who are hacking into our computers on behalf of the Chinese government. We're educating their programmers. A year ago, we admitted 152,000 Chinese STEM students, science, technology, engineering, and math. We don't seem to be able to figure out that Americans need to come first. The only president who has figured this out, maybe since JFK or Eisenhower, is, is, is Donald Trump. Yep. I agree. And, I mean, and, and he's, he doesn't apologize for saying that. Thank you, Mr. President. No, that's right. But let me just read this to you, because this was at a hearing that was held on, uh, oh my goodness, let me, let me pull this up so I have it for you. There was a hearing on April 17th of this year held by the House Counterterrorism and Intelligence Subcommittee, and um, the topic of the hearing was the state, state sponsors of terrorism and examination of Iran's global terrorism network. This is not the stuff you want to read before bedtime, unless you want to look at the ceiling for the rest of your night. <laughs> Gotcha. Two paragraphs. The first one is upsetting and the last one is devastating. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. In recent years, Hezbollah, now remember, Hezbollah is a terrorist organization sponsored, funded, trained, and equipped by Iran. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. I'm just going to stop myself to remind you we're talking about Latin America. When you hear Hezbollah, most people immediately think Middle East. 
Well, they are Middle Easterners, but they are in Latin America. Let me continue on. Cooperation, again, between Hezbollah and the drug traffickers includes laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system and its efforts, both in Lebanon and overseas, to keep Shia's communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. And now here's the part where you really need to grab the, the armrests of your chair. Hang on for dear life. This toxic crime terror nexus is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America. It is thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and the continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. So what you're saying is that Afghanistan lies on our southern border now. Pretty much. That's a good way of putting it, Dave. Now, why in the world would you not want to secure the border? Now, let's go beyond what we have heard recently. The president of Guatemala has stated that his forces have arrested and deported nearly 100 members of ISIS in Latin America. He also provided evidence that Venezuela has been funding the caravan. Now, that's critical because Venezuela is a client country of Iran. For more than a decade, they have been flying, Iran has been flying their Quds forces, their shock troops, from Tehran directly into Caracas, Venezuela. Venezuela has no money. They are a failed state. They have mm -hmm. people dying of starvation. Where did they get the money from? Well, thank you, Mr. Obama, for that deal where he gave pallets of unmarked bills to the Iranian government as part of the so-called deal. Such a deal. So when you see the money being transferred in part from Venezuela to the caravan, you look at the way that Iran is working with human traffickers and drug smugglers, how hard is it to figure this one out? You know, before 9-11, and I, I, I've testified, I think we're up to 17 congressional hearings in the House and Senate. I suspect no one's going to be calling me anymore because I've angered everybody, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, I've always believed you judge a man by his friends and his enemies. I'm proud of both groups because I've acquired them for the right reasons. But the point of the matter is that we know what, what is happening right under our own nose. And, and, and yet... You have people saying, we don't need to secure the border. Now, look, a border wall by itself won't get the job done. But it's part of a it's an element of what should be a coordinated system. Because what I kept hearing at all those hearings, and even when I testified, I gave testimony to the 9-11 Commission, what was the, one of the big questions? Why didn't they connect the dots? Okay, well, we're connecting the dots. You just heard the dots. These are verbal dots that you just heard this evening, folks. So yeah. the dots are connected. And my question is, well, now that you've got the dots laid out in front of your biggest day, what are you doing about it? And what's the answer? Ignoring them. All right. Our guest, Michael Cutler. Michael, I know that you need to go. you got a TV interview coming up. 
Uh, tell Thank my. You. I'm sorry to cut to that show. No, 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 no. That's that's okay. I just want you to tell my listeners uh, what other places besides michaelcutler.net they can sure. go and read your material. Sure. And by the way, I want to make sure to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas, a happy, healthy, safe, peaceful, and successful New Year, however you measure success. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a joyous time of year, uh, and we need to, to you know, be uh, thankful for what we do have, because this is still the greatest country on the planet. Yes, it is. But, but I, uh, my, my own website, of course, michaelcutler.net, I write for Front Page Magazine, sponsored by the David Horowitz Freedom Center. It's frontpagemag.com. I also... Um, I also do an internet radio show Friday evenings, the Michael Cutler Hour on Blog Talk Radio. And finally, I write for the Social Contract. It's a quarterly journal. My latest article, in fact, made them decide to make the topic of my piece the theme for the copy itself, for the Mm. entire edition. And I called it Sanctuary Country, Immigration Failures by Design. Both parties got us into the mess. And we, the people, need to take control of these elected representatives and send them packing if they're not on our side. All right. Well, Michael, I'll be in touch with you. We'll set you up uh, right early in the new year and have you back on. Thanks so much for the time today. And tell the TV audience all the truth like you did today with us. Thank you. And thank you for the great work you're doing providing the information that the lame stream media seems to be determined to keep from the american people so thank you sir all right brother we'll keep it up i'll catch you down the road maybe at cpac or at hold their feet to the fire and i'll buy you lunch it's the dave ellswick show we got to get a break in don't forget about pi roofing and home solutions they're excited to announce that they've acquired tommy tommy's gutter cleaning services and for their customers of tommy's rest assured the good folks at pi roofing plans to continue providing the highest quality gutter cleaning services at a great value to you. You can learn more at piroofing.com. And with with this recent purchase, uh, PI Roofing and Home Solutions tells you the customers of Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services can expect they're going to get more, along with bringing you high-quality gutter cleaning. The team at PI Roofing now offers comprehensive roofing and home repair expertise and you can learn more of that at that great website that they have at pi roofing pi roofing.com all right got about five minutes remaining on the dave ellswick show and again remember that michael cutler's uh web page is at michaelcutler.net michaelcutler.net i just went to it and the first thing is uh, his latest article, Iran Threatens U.S. and Its Allies with Drugs, Refugees, Bombs, and Assassination. And uh, you need to to read it. It is an excellent, uh, excellent uh, article. Let me just read this one paragraph. Rouhani issued a not-so-veiled threat in response to the decision of the Trump administration to reinstate sanctions against Iran when it canceled the disastrous deal that the Obama administration cut with Iran over its nuclear program. Meanwhile, Congress continues to refuse to act to secure our borders and hire an adequate number of ICE agents to enforce our immigration laws within the interior of the U.S. Ignorance is not bliss. Knowledge is power. So this article provides some cold, hard facts for you to consider, and hopefully you'll share it 
with others. So uh, you want to go and read this article. It is a great, great uh, article for you to read. Uh, he uh, On December 9th, 2018, The Hill posted an article that was short and to the point. Iran, U.S. sanctions will open doors to drugs, refugees, bombs, and assassinations in West. The article focused on the remarks of Iranian President Hassan Rouhani made on December 8th. 2018 at what was described as an anti-terrorism event in Tehran. In his remarks, Rouhani stated that if nations continued to adhere to the boycott against Iran that was reimposed by President Trump over the bogus Iranian nuclear deal that had been negotiated by the Obama administration that Iran would not be able to continue its purported efforts to combat drug trafficking. By making Iran weaker, Through sanctions, many people will not be safe. Those who do not believe what we say, they had better look at the map, Rouhani added. He said Iran spends millions each year against drug trafficking, the results of which guarantee more health for people from Eastern Europe to Western America and from Northern Africa to Western Asia. I warn all those who boycott that if our abilities in fighting drugs and terrorism in their origins is undermined, you will not be able to survive the debris of drugs, refugees, and bombs and assassination, he added. Let me remind you that it is Iran that is the leading financier of terrorism in the United States. Hamas, Hezbollah, and the rest get their money from Iran uh, in the war against uh, Iraq that we were in that during the time we were fighting uh, the remnants of uh, Hussein's army, you had Iranians coming in and teaching them how to build IEDs that would penetrate the armor of our troop carriers. Iran is our enemy. They have been our enemy. They will continue to be our enemy. And their number one goal is to overthrow us. They are now running terrorist camps, down in Venezuela, they are putting money behind these caravans that are coming up through Central America to our borders to the south. They are trying to run in terrorists uh, during this time and uh, looking to do damage to us and our infrastructure as well. Iran is very, very, very dangerous, and uh, they are Enemy number one, as far as I'm concerned, everybody talks about Russia and China. You know, we can see what they're doing. It's Iran that's not the group that we can watch as closely because we don't have as many boots on the ground in Iran as we do in Russia and we do in uh, in China. Just keep that in mind. Read the article. Go to michaelcutler.net. Scroll down. You know, hit the uh, the link and, and read the article. I'll get uh, Elizabeth to post it on my uh, social media so you can read it there as well. So keep that all in mind. All right, tomorrow on the uh, Friday edition of Dave Ellswick's show, first two hours, uh, I know Tim Lim and, Sh- and Shane Stacks are going to come in. I'm going to give you my uh, thoughts about two big movies that are opening this weekend, Mary Poppins Returns, which I saw last night. And tonight I'm going to go see Aquaman, so I'll tell you about that movie tomorrow also. 
I will let you know, if you're looking for a great family film, Mary Poppins Returns is the movie for you. Seriously, do not miss this movie if you want to take your family to a family-friendly movie. Great motion picture. Tell you more about it tomorrow. Until then, you have a great night. Two o'clock, we'll see you tomorrow. Russ, thanks so much. Get a great job. As we had a flow through that first hour, I got to get out of here. Coming up, our repeat of our hour with J.R. Davis in the first hour of today's show here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.